You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. Well, hey, everybody. I am sitting here with Shannon, um, who's a therapist on our team, and Carly, and we're going to talk about singleness and all the dilemmas and the pressures and the, you know, the hard stuff about that. Um, Apparently, Shannon has podcasting experience, which I did not know until like right now, (laughs) which is pretty interesting. It's a very loose definition of (laughs) podcasting experience. But apparently, she was a big soccer player and did a soccer podcast about soccer. Yeah, yeah. Like professional soccer? Or what did you do? I was a season ticket holder for uh, Orlando City when I was doing grad school in Florida. And my friend and I were semi-obsessed and started a soccer podcast to have an outlet for our (laughs) soccer obsession. So (laughs) I really like that about you. (laughs) Okay, so today we're going to talk about just what it's like to be a single person um, and the difficulties of that and some of the real benefits of that. Um, It's a topic that comes up a lot with clients who are coming in who are feeling sad and stuck and asking themselves a lot of hard, terrible questions about the meaning of that. And so we feel um, feel like we want to give something to folks who are struggling with that um, because you're not alone in that struggle, and also a lot of the things you're saying to yourselves are are just they're just not true, right? Yeah. They're they're ways that you're punishing yourself for where you think you should be, and and you're not there, or where kind of society has told you, or maybe your family yeah. has told you, even if it's not directly told you, but they've sort of subtly implied, or or it has to do with maybe what your culture you grew up in or the culture you come from or your family, what they've kind of told you is true about you if Mm -hmm. you're single, particularly women by a certain age. And those are some of the the lies that are hard to unpack because the people around us maybe have reinforced these feelings that are just not true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, How old do you think, like, and Carly, you too, like how old do you think you were when you started feeling pressure? Like, I'm not on track with this whole marriage thing. For me and my friend group, marriage was always on the table from the start. Like, even in high school, I remember we we had created this time capsule and we put we put inside the time capsule what we what age we predicted everyone would get married. Mm. And <laughs> that's not a recipe for <laughs> potential disappointment. disappointment at all. Never. It was so hilarious. We opened it a couple years ago. Oh, you did. Yeah, it and it was hilarious. Just like we were all like, all right, we're likely they were all the ages were early 20s we would get married and then late 20s we would be having children Mm -hmm. and it's just now that we're here it's so different than I mean when you're 16 15 16 17 you're thinking like your whole life is going to be planned out by the time you're 30 you're going to be in your career you're going to have your kids you're going to have your family 
But now that I'm here, I'm like, oh my, I'm still a child. I feel that way mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the pressure, the pressure starts around dating age. Because if you are someone like me, I didn't, I hardly dated at all. Um, it was always in the back of my mind, like, does this mean that I'm never going to get married? Mm-hmm. Or is that, does this say something about me because I'm not dating? And so I think it starts young. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, how old were you, Shannon, when you start feeling some pressure? Probably by 25. Because okay. in those four years between graduating college and when I turned 25, a slew of my both college and high school mm-hmm. friends yeah. had started getting married. And it kind of reinforced this thing of, is there this train that I am missing? <laughs> Have I done something yeah. wrong? You know, Have even I done though, something wrong? Yeah, even right. though I had done this thing that I absolutely wouldn't trade for the world, like making sure I went and lived and worked overseas because I love travel and I loved having space for that before I figured out a career. There was a piece of me that was like, oh, did I like mm. shoot myself in the foot yeah. by doing this because all these people seemed to like meet people and yeah. get married right like are you behind yeah. because of that yeah it kind of felt like oh i i just didn't you know that choose your own adventure book it feels like i chose my own adventure and it's now not going to include marriage because yeah. i flipped the page past that and all yeah. my friends flipped the page to it there was a little bit of that yeah yeah, there's a sense that somehow this can be orchestrated right. Yeah. Right. Like if I follow the right path, whatever mm-hmm. that is, I'm going to meet my person. Mm-hmm. And that somehow um, just doing what you feel like you want to do or what you're excited about or what you're passionate about, that that could get in the way. Which mm-hmm. is super sad, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... It's tragic. <laughs> I think uh, that 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 message isn't communicated so much to men as it is to women, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't hear men saying exactly what you're saying, which is like, you know, if I hadn't decided to spend a year in the Peace Corps or if Mm -hmm. I hadn't joined the military or if I hadn't, maybe I would have, right? Like men are not usually thinking like that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that there's this different pressure for men versus women. Yeah, even when I was really deciding, yes, I want to go to grad school, I want to be a therapist. Right around that time, I'd read some article that was citing some sort of research, and I don't remember the research, and I don't remember if it was accurate, but the fact that it even existed of women who get graduate degrees have X amount of percent less chance of getting married (laughs) or something, and I don't know if it was accurate, so don't, ladies, don't (laughs) trust that, go to grad school if you want to, but I just remember being like, well, there's my, like, you know, nail in the coffin, you know, I'm choosing this thing, and not, not that it would have kept me from doing it, but the fact that it was even a thought that me pursuing my passion is lowering my chance of this thing, I was just like, this is terrible like I don't even want to be questioning this thing that I am so passionate about doing because some study which is probably (laughs) a bunch of (laughs) hoo-ha seems to be saying don't do this you know and again I just don't feel like men face that no 100% like I agree never heard of that feeling like that's closing the door for somebody. And yeah. in mm-hmm. fact, the opposite, right? That like the more you expand, I think men understand it, the more you expand as a person, the more, uh, I would, I would think the more attractive they would feel mm-hmm. to, a, to a partner, right? Like mm-hmm. here's somebody who's really going places. Here's somebody who knows who they are, yeah. who's like educating themselves and who's 
really figuring things out. It's like, mm-hmm. of course that makes you a more attractive partner for someone. If anything, yeah, some men and girls get frustrated by this will feel like, oh, my partner doesn't want to commit to me because he hasn't achieved yeah, X thing in his right, job or doesn't right. have X amount of salary. Like they almost they have these different markers of I shouldn't commit until I'm more settled or more right, sure of myself right. in these areas. Right. Whereas with women, it can feel like, I am preventing myself mm-hmm. from being yeah. an attractive partner if I do all these things yeah. that right. could get in the way, quote unquote. Yeah. Or, it's so strange. Yeah. It's right. so weird. It's yeah, a, I feel like men don't punish themselves in the way that, I mean, the, this is a generalization, but oftentimes men don't punish themselves for pursuing the things that they're passionate about, where yeah. women tend to like feel guilty or feel like they're not on the right track or missing the train if mm-hmm. they yeah. if they focus on themselves for a little <clears throat> while for a time mm-hmm. 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 and there probably is some truth to the fact that like the more um substantial you are as a person it does decrease some of your options right yep because you're mm-hmm. not going to be attracted to somebody who's you know wandering around in circles <laughs> yeah. going yeah. nowhere right someone who doesn't have emotional intelligence yeah. would or, be real tough exactly yeah. or somebody who isn't pursuing their own growth like you're not attracted to that kind yeah. of a person mm-hmm. right yeah. and so there is some truth although it's like yeah that's good news that mm-hmm. I am looking for a substantial person because I am a substantial person. Right. right? And why would I want to link my life up for the potential rest of my life right. with somebody who's not on board with the type of person that yeah. I want to become right. and the things right. that are valuable? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And somebody who's going to be a good partner is somebody who's secure in themselves and someone who comes to you with like... I see you as an equal. Mm-hmm. I see your gifts and your talents, and I'm thrilled about that. I'm thrilled about mm-hmm. how smart and how driven you are, and that makes you more attractive to mm-hmm. me, right? Like, I love that about you. So that's the kind of partner you're looking for, is mm-hmm. somebody who has that sense of secure groundedness within himself, Yeah. who's like, yeah, all of that business. I want all of that. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And it can be so hard for... <laughs> A lot of women, especially when we're in these more insecure stages of singleness, mm-hmm. to believe that, because what I often will hear from friends, from clients, it'll happen with myself sometimes, is, oh, maybe I'm too smart or too accomplished right. or too right. whatever thing that's too independent, such a all, positive yeah. thing. Yes. It's yeah. like, oh, like, no, I'm too much of that thing. Like, Yeah, I'm too awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's just like, what? That's so dumb, right? But it's true. That Mm -hmm. thought is really there for a lot of women. And I feel like a lot of times with clients, we're having that conversation about like, maybe I should be less than. And then let's let's break that down. Let's break down what you're saying. You should be less than who you were, who you actually are, mm-hmm. to attract a partner. Yep. What kind of partner to make them feel better about themselves? <laughs> yes. What kind of partner is going to be attracted to a lesser version of you? And do right. you want that yeah. for right. the we, rest we, of your what life? What are we setting right. ourselves up for? Right. You know right. that you're going into it already not being your authentic self because you're yes. trying to hide Dumb it down. or minimize pieces yeah. of who you really are. Because you're afraid that they could be accepted and mm-hmm. loved and seen as a beautiful piece of who you are. Yeah. But that's what they're attracted to as part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Shannon, one of the things that I think 
is maddening for people who are single and looking for a partner can be the things that people who are married say to them. What are some of the terrible things <laughs> that married people should not say to people who are single? Um, or at least... The, unhelpful. The yeah, unhelpful yeah. things. That's maybe a better way yeah. to say it. Yeah. And I, I would preface this by saying, you know, everyone has a different relationship with some of their single friends. So just talk about it with them of yeah. what... Maybe just open the door of, hey, I know this can be a tender or sensitive subject. Like, what are things that I've said or maybe... I could accidentally say that would be hurtful or unhelpful. Like just get it out there, like have a conversation of what things make you feel worse or shamed, even if it's, you know, covert, if it's unintentional. Mm -hmm. Um, So for some people, some people really may not care, but some people, when you hear it enough times, it just drags you down. And one that I've heard, um, well, with a few uh, married friends, it can be this kind of joking thing of, Oh, like we gotta, we gotta find you someone. And there's this, mm-hmm. in, there's this feeling of because I'm married, this would be so much easier if you were married. Yeah, and yeah. even though there's some truth to that, okay. there can be some pieces where it can be really easy when two couples hang out. There's this pressure of we're not really as good anymore with uh, me being married and you being single. We gotta yeah, find you yeah, someone to like yeah. make this easier on everybody. Okay. <laughs> it's like. Wait, like, what changed that we can't still have yeah. quality time together yeah. just because you're married and I'm wow, a single I'm person? Totally guilty of that, are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, things do change once, like, you or one of your closest friends gets into a relationship. It's, mm-hmm. like, a totally different kind of friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oops. I mean, I think it's, like, so sweet that you even say that because I think, if anything, it's just, oh, just talk about it because maybe your single friend really doesn't mind with a comment like that, but maybe it would mean a lot to them if it were just out in the open that, hey, sometimes it doesn't bother me when you say that, but is it okay if sometimes I tell you when that feels so great? Like I'm in a tender spot, and that kind of that touched a nerve when you mm-hmm. said yeah. that, or or that played into an insecurity I have that yeah. I'm being left behind by you, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a priority in your life until I have a partner or until I'm married. Yeah, like right. that can even, that can just open up like oh these are insecurities or vulnerabilities we have, and when they're talked about, your married or partnered up friends can be like oh my gosh I'm not going to leave you behind, but then it's mm-hmm. been talked about that bubble sort of been popped that. Yeah. That that's not hopefully there. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I think one that I constantly faced when I was single was friends being like, oh, I'm going to set you up. Like, I'm going to find the perfect person and I'm going to set you up. And that's great. But it there was no follow through ever, <laughs> so it was like, have you experienced that? One hundred percent. That's good. That's good. So it was just like frustrating because it's like, yeah, I would love for somebody who knows me really well to set me up with somebody that they think would be good for me, mm-hmm. and that would be amazing. But when there's no follow through, it's frustrating because like, it, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's there's it's hard to meet quality people mm-hmm. um there, there's something about that intention and it's it, that can be the feeling of don't just say that right. if you don't really mean it because yeah. 
when you're single, sometimes you really do feel reliant on other people's mm-hmm. networks. Right. Especially if I, another thing that's come up for me is when you, when you move somewhere new, you don't have a lot of networks. Yeah. And so yeah. if someone says that, you're like, great. Like they, they <laughs> yeah. must know people. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, actually, I can't think of anyone, but all I know is like, yeah. you didn't even know anybody. <laughs> and you told me that? Like, that's so torture. Dumb. So yeah. dumb. Yeah. Or a similar one can be people that think you're awesome and they'll say yes they'll just be like oh like you're so amazing i can't believe you're still single mm, yeah. still and yes there. it's that still word where you're just like ouch like yeah so what does it feel like yeah it it can just feel like well either maybe i'm not as amazing as you right. think i there's am there's gotta be something there's hidden. gotta be something wrong with yeah. me or just that thing of amazing people get married and so if you're not amazing uh, you know you're not going to get married or only amazing people are married. It, it just, right. yeah, and again, yeah. people 99.9% of the time that is not their intention. And they're saying, right. they, they don't think mean you're, that. they think you're lovely and they, yeah. they want to see you happy with a partner. So I, I tend to never fault people who say that. I know that's coming from a good place, but it still sends this message of like, well, you're so great. You should be married. <laughs> right. Great people get married. That's yeah. sh- that's kind of the the again the message that can get reinforced. Mm. That can make it hard to to be secure and like I can be great and be single yes. and that's okay. And yeah. I would you know and to still have the desire to be married too. Yeah. Right. So right. So Shannon, you were just you know this point. This is a beautiful point about like are you. Can you be amazing and be single? Because the message is amazing people get married, right? Yeah. Stupid, dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, t- talk about that a little bit as a woman in your, are you late 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There, soon to be 30. Mm-hmm. And that feeling will probably continue to like, am I, you know, that those questions still swirl um, as they do. Mm-hmm. Um how do you navigate that with like someday you want to get married and have children and you're also really pursuing your passion. You're all, you're building a career. You moved to San Diego cause you wanted to live here, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're going after your life. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you hold both of those things and what do you do on bad days? Yeah, I think it's giving myself like the space. I think a big growth point for me throughout my twenties has been, increasing my capacity for complexity of emotion you know i love that movie inside out where they show that both happiness and sadness can exist in the same thing and it's not contradictory and it actually increases the beauty of this experience and so for me it's saying i can both live to the maximum of what singleness allows me to do and growing as a person and choices i'm able to make and be really thankful and grateful for that and hold times that I'm grieving mm-hmm. what I'm missing out on by not getting to share it maybe with someone that I'm starting to build a family with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that maybe forming a family will look different for me because maybe I won't meet someone for a while or maybe kids won't be in the equation or maybe it'll be adoption. There's all these questions right. that come up, especially for, for me as a woman where you do have that biological clock ticking and you start to think maybe it's going to change what my future looks like, but holding on to 
oh, but it's not going to change who I'm going into as a person and my character. Like, right. That my value and my worth has nothing to do with my relationship status. And mm-hmm. I think that's the piece that I continually have to go back to and say I can grieve expectations that I maybe had by what my life would look like, but also celebrate, but look at what my life does look like and yeah. look at who I am growing into and the passions I've found and the things I've been able to do because mm-hmm. I haven't had to consider someone else's life plan right. in them. Yeah. So yeah. just kind of allowing for all those different days and yeah. and that the roller coaster is going to be there. There's going to be days where you're like, single life is the best. Yeah, right, like, right. I got it's to awesome. get up and go to this place and I didn't have to consult anyone about uh-huh. it and all of that. And then there's going to be other days where it's like, singleness sucks. Like, <laughs> right. All my married friends are doing this thing or it's wedding season or the holidays and you're just you feel like you're more on like in battle mode of like fighting off the lies and staying secure in who you are and all of those things Mm -hmm. and those can be exhausting there can just be seasons where that feels more tiring and Mm -hmm. you have to kind of have the the self-care there of like okay what what do I need to remind Mm -hmm. myself of what is true about my value and worth as a person like oh yeah it has nothing to do with whether yeah. I'm married or not. Yeah. Well, I think the big takeaway from this conversation, I think, is this idea you talked about just a couple minutes ago is increasing my capacity to hold these emotionally difficult feelings. Mm-hmm. And and I would suggest that, like, this is just one of the many difficult things you'll have to navigate, yep. right? Like, there are endless um, big things in life that we have to hold the tension of, of like... Um, people who are married grieving the losses of what I expected this to be Mm -hmm. or having children grieving the losses of what I expected this to be. Actually, I feel like I'm losing my identity. Mm -hmm. I'm just a mother now. I don't know who I am anymore. Um, My career, like this isn't the career that I wanted. I had all these hopes and expectations of what was supposed to happen. And now I'm living this life, right? Like I think there are endless examples of, of experiences that, we have to build muscle for holding the tension of unmet desires and expectations against reality, yep. right? Like, this is where I'm at right now. This is what I want. This is where I'm at. And that is always hard. But the more muscle we build for that, the more equipped we are for the next difficult thing that comes along. And for some reason, this thing about singleness or marriedness has been elevated as if it's this big tragic thing, yeah. right? It's like wow, it's just one of the things that we have to navigate. And I would say, like, this is what I say to single women sometimes, like, you could get married tomorrow if that was your highest value. If that's the thing that you wanted the most in your life, you could find somebody who would say yes to you. And you could just go ahead and do it so you could check it off your box, Mm -hmm. right? But what you're doing and what so many of our clients are doing is, like, they're really pressing into their own lives. They're really trying to grow and develop themselves. And so that means that they keep, they're looking for someone who's going to match that. Yeah. Right? So we're waiting for someone who's actually going to be an equal, mm-hmm. be a great partner, someone mm-hmm. who can we can really have a beautiful life with. And yeah. it's just so much smarter to wait until you feel like, I know who I am. I know what kind of person I'm looking for. Right. And we've spent some time really getting to know each other and walking through life together. I'm like, yes, 
you 100% forever, right? <laughs> and so much smarter to wait and do all the development stuff on the front end rather than, you know, hooking your wagon to somebody and realizing, oh gosh, we like, we're really traveling in different ways, in different directions. And this was me pushing to check this box off my life. and Or trying to cure loneliness yes. through one person or... Yes. You know, all the things like, and again, I think there's always that complexity of there's really beautiful pieces to marriage, but there's so many times when we don't realize I have, you know, seen marriage as this antidote for all my problems, you know, that a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't really, haven't really realized like the pressures they've put on marriage to solve themselves or to take away some of these aches that they have. And like, yes, like marriage can help with a ton of personal development in that you're sharing these intimate moments with a person in a way that you don't with anyone else. So I'm not negating any of that, but I think there can be the stuff that when we really piece apart, like, oh, are you trying to find someone because you just want to take away this loneliness Mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. think this other person can fix you or solve you in a way that no one else or nothing else could or or that you're just tired of everyone else being married to like well I want to join the club you know (laughs) right that is like that is not why we want to get married no well I think married people um many would say that like the kind of loneliness you experience in a marriage when there's a lot of disconnection is more painful than the loneliness they experienced when they were single Mm -hmm. because now it's so much more complicated yeah and there the the expectations the things we were hoping were going to happen are clearly not happening Mm -hmm. and the devastation of that is so tragic like i thought i thought we were going to be besties i thought we were going to like see things the same we way. We're going to perfectly and, like everything yes. to the perfect same amount and yeah. always want the same thing. <laughs> and now I see like we're really different people yeah. heading in really different directions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't have a way to talk to each other through conflict. And so that kind of disconnection can feel really, really terrible yeah. and be, I think, far more difficult to manage yeah. than the loneliness outside of that, where mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sad and I'm grieving. And I can also keep moving forward in my own life. And I'm not trying to navigate around another person mm-hmm. yeah. um, when I'm really worrying, spending a lot of time worrying about if this is a good fit, right? right. That's, that's a kind of loneliness that's pretty, pretty tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just recognizing I'm painting a really terrible picture of my <laughs> right now. But I guess, I, I guess, I guess what I want to say is like hurrying the process, hurrying right. to that outcome. Yeah because we think it's the end of something is always a mistake mm-hmm. rather than letting it evolve and letting mm-hmm. it happen when it happens and and then really just focusing on being awesome because you are awesome mm-hmm. that's for sure <laughs> yeah. um shannon you were going to share um difficult seasons there are particularly yes. painful seasons yes. talk about those and what you do you, you call them minefield seasons yes. which i think is great yes so so you know and this is not new, but just as a reminder for us singles, as though we don't already know, but even for our married friends too, who can just help us be mindful and care for us well, you know, obviously things like wedding season can be a minefield for singles. Mm-hmm. The holidays can be a minefield. Mm-hmm. Just in general, being around your family because mm-hmm. pressures they put on you, whether it's your parents wanting grandchildren and they're right. staring at you like, give me what I want. <laughs> um So kind of navigating, even I would say Instagram and its wedding obsession can be a minefield. There's so many areas where 
there's things that as singles we kind of have to tune in and I would say that's the first big thing is just start to know what are your big minefields for you as a single person where either you know a certain person's going to say certain comments or certain conversations are going mm-hmm. to come up yeah. or certain lies that are kind of your default lies that you tend to believe are going to be staring you straight in the face and you're going to have to be contending with them in these minefields. And then what are ways that you can not just be aware of them but care for yourself in mm-hmm. them? Um, one example I like to talk about is just um, the, the season when my brother was getting married and my brother is one of, was one of my, is one of my close friends were, you know, great friends and connected. And it was happening around the time that other friends were getting married. I was going through a lot in my counseling program with digging up things about myself. So it just oh, was this yeah. really Perfect messy, storm. sticky <laughs> yeah. storm of like, yeah. I am struggling and need support and I had this one like I want to be able to fully enjoy and be present my brother's wedding day Mm -hmm. and celebrate him and his bride and be so happy and I was like I know if I go as a single person knowing all of my cousins are married I would be the only single person at the family table you know none of my friends were there it's my my brother's crowd so I just thought and I was like you know I think I'm going to enjoy this day so much more if one of my best friends goes with me and mm. I can just relieve this pressure of feeling like I'm here by myself yeah. and no one here really gets it. And so I asked my brother if my plus one could be one of my best friends from college and she's married so she wasn't bringing singleness yeah, on yeah. me into <laughs> it. And so she was just getting, he was like, yeah, of course you can. And uh, I kid you not, it just helped so much to be right. able to to be the way I wanted to be, which was happy and excited and also feel seen by someone who knew I'm in a more tender space and she was just there to be my friend and be along for the ride. And so, and there's not every time that a wedding is going to feel like that. But I think that's an example that as singles, we can be so hard on ourselves. Like I got to just get it together and not be sad and, you know, be this independent person. And I think, Hmm being okay with interdependence like oh for me that was a way yeah so to smart care for myself well and be able to you know be in the celebratory space and also yeah. acknowledge that this is a hard season right now right so right. and another layer to it that I think about and I think about it for myself I think about it with clients is not to beat up on ourselves if it feels like you have to redo this work with mm. each new season of life that comes up so doing this work getting into late 20s looks different than having to do another layer of it when you're getting to your early 30s mid 30s late 30s Mm -hmm. 40 you know that it's almost like another layer of the the cake or the whatever analogy you want to use of don't feel like oh I must not have done this work well enough the first time around. Right, because I'm so sad right now. Yes, you're in a new layer of it because you're reaching new seasons. Maybe other expectations you had are coming up or things are happening with your friends or in your family. There's so many aspects of life that can change that can affect this feeling of being single and what it means for you. So, you know, don't see it as like, I've arrived, that I've made this comfortability with myself and being single I think it's an ongoing process just like people have different layers in marriage of what it's like Mm -hmm. in different seasons of that I think it kind of mirrors it with singleness of you're gonna keep doing the work as you keep growing into different seasons of life if it's still a part of who you are Mm -hmm. great so I think we're saying 
we're just going to carry on and be awesome. Yeah. Right? We're going to keep living into who we can be, being who you were made to be, being what you feel passionate about, just pursuing that. One of the things I, I sometimes say to people is um, a remarkable guy is not looking for a girl who's sitting around doing nothing with her life. Mm. He's looking for a girl who can be an equal, who can inspire him and be interesting to him. And that means that she is figuring out herself. She's going after her own thing and becoming the best version of herself. And that is honestly what's going to make you a far better partner. It's like pressing into all of your own things. And then when you come to that relationship, you come with so much development, so much strength, so much depth, so much groundedness. It's like your chances of really enjoying that relationship really expand because of all the work you've been doing on yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're just going to keep being awesome. Yeah. And it's like, I'm so proud of my clients who come in and they're in that space and they're doing that work. And every time I just, I say to them a lot of times, and I want to say even more, like you're, you're doing the work that you need to be doing for you. And so and it's not for getting a guy. It's, no, for, you it's for you. Because mm-hmm. you're going to be with you your whole life. Oh, my gosh. And yes. so let's let's do the work. You know, let's yeah. develop the confidence in yourself, knowing yourself, being <clears throat> okay with yourself, and, and pressing into growth and not having to be dependent on what your relationship status is mm-hmm. or is not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then being okay with days that you don't feel yes. like when you feel sad or right. when yeah. you're wondering yeah, yeah. And you're like mm, this is this is a sad single day mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that is okay right. yeah. and that's when you say mm, I'm gonna treat myself to <laughs> a great little walk on the beach my favorite yeah. music maybe yeah. some you know your favorite coffee like whatever <laughs> it is and you're just saying this is one of those grieving days yeah and that's yeah. okay and then you open up to a person that gets it yeah mm-hmm. love it Nicely done, Miss Shannon. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Elaine. You bet. Let's do it again. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions or comments you have, if there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is Soul Care House and Barn. Talk to you soon.